Oh, I'm watching a show called The Simpsons. Oh, is it new? <laughs> this one, kind of. It's only a year old. Okay. Yeah. Hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the 103th Simpsons Podcast. It's the Simpsons Podcast where we discuss everyone's favorite episodes of the Simpsons. That's right, seasons 11 and beyond because fuck seasons 1 through 10. I'm half a host, Craig, and with us as always is America's favorite bionic man, Steve Austin. Steve, how have you been this week? I've been good. I broke my phone and I got a new one, which is good because I paid for insurance and so I got it for free, which is good. And to all you kids out there, get phone insurance. It's good for you. Uh, also, that... don't set fires. Well, that's a good like, good lesson because i actually do pay my 10 or 11 dollars a month phone insurance and i feel like i'm just throwing that away but you know it's totally so- worth it because i was just taking a shower and then i got out of the shower and the phone slipped out of my hands and fell between the toilet and the sink and it was such a hard hit that the phone just like was flashing green in like a david lynchian kind of way and then the frustrating part was i went to the a the store i, did, I almost said the company that i phone with the phone provider store and i was like hey my phone broken they're like well you can pay seven hundred dollars to pay it off or you can pay nothing with insurance and then they handed me a pamphlet and i was like cool and then i filled it out and then they tried to call me, but they called me on my phone <laughs> and my phone's broken. And so then I went online to track the progress of my insurance claim. And they're like, well, to track your progress, you need to have this code. And if you don't have this code, that's no problem because we'll send it to your phone. But my phone was broken. And so I had like a day and a half of me trying to figure out what was going on. And I'm like, they would call me and I would like try and answer my phone with my broken phone and they couldn't hear me. And it was just very frustrating frustrating and it's the kind of thing like this red tape where i went to the at&t store and be like my phone's broken and it should have been like oh that sucks you have insurance we have a room full of phones but it wasn't that so i had to go through all this whole rigmarole but now i have a phone so it's all good so moral of the story yeah pay for insurance so you were able to get insurance after the fact you broke your phone oh i actually already paid for it i just didn't realize it previous me was smart enough to be like oh yeah i'll pay ten dollars a month for my clumsiness you can consider yourself a bit of a clumsy fellow right Right? I, I drop stuff. You know, you probably have the Michael J. Fox disease. Extreme sexiness? Time travelitis. Teen wolfism? <laughs> it's because you masturbate too much. Ow! Yeah, that's right. Steve, are we doing the podcast right now? I guess so. All right, that's fine with me. So, Steve, I tried a social media experiment this week. Oh, I think I saw this. Well, I'm not much of a, a tweeter, um, but what I tried to do is I wanted to see if I could get a, a like from a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm bored at work sometimes, uh, I'll go on Instagram and look at Instagram. I like the grams, but I'm not much of a Twitter. <laughs> and at our age, like, I'm not a Snapchatter. I'm not a TikToker. Like, I don't even know what those are. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going there, okay? Right. Me neither. The Simpsons podcast here 
here. We're not going to have a TikTok. We're not going to have a Snapchat. That wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself kind of with it. I mean, I don't know what it was. and <laughs> They might not be with it anymore. But TikTok and Snapchat were like the two social medias where I was like, okay, I'm good. I don't need to be a part of this anymore. Right. You kids can do it and I'll just be fine. And Twitter, again, it's it, there's too much for me on Twitter. But when I'm desperately bored, I'll actually log into my Twitter and look through the tweets and i follow mostly just celebrities and there's this... they're not real people if they're not famous yeah there's this one actor uh his name is mark hamill you would know him best from the episode as the joker no you know oh. him best as nathan detroit from the episode of the simpsons where he actually played mark hamill in uh luke be a jedi tonight yeah in the episode mayor to the mob but he also did this little indie film back in the 70s called star wars hmm so I noticed that he on Twitter will retweet or retweet randos like us. Like we'll mm-hmm. say like, I wonder if Mark Hamill would like this tweet. And then all of a sudden he'll like reply. I'm like, I sure do. And he'll just <laughs> blow up some rando person's Twitter page. So I thought, huh. And I was walking through a Walmart down the Hot Wheel car aisle because there's, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, what 37 year old male doesn't go down to the toy aisle. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, they got these Star Wars Hot Wheel cars that are based off of characteristics or whatever of each character. Now, these have been out for quite some time because I remember even like, I want to say like five years ago, you even like got me some for my birthday. Yeah, because I, I thought they were really funny. They're funny. I, I don't collect them or anything. The only ones I have are the ones you gave me. And mm-hmm. I thought they were. They're just they're just funny. Like, why why would they brand this? I mean, whatever. It's Disney Star Wars. They just they'll put the name Star Wars on anything and sell it. And kind of a money grab, yeah. So even if you who's not who's not a Star Wars fan, they already got your money, Steve. And I love Camaros, so if I see <laughs> a, a a Watto Camaro, I right. gotta buy it. <laughs> so here I am. I'm like, okay, this Mark Hamill thing, I'm gonna tweet something at him so i took a picture of one of the hot wheels cars which had mark hamill on it or as he's known on the uh, the star Wars movie as luke skywalker that guy okay I, I i see where you're coming from now so i'm in the store and i take a picture and i tweeted it i said hey at hamill himself remind me which star wars movie you drove this in <laughs> thanks and within five minutes i had i turned my notifications on which i usually don't have for twitter because i don't tweet so i wanted to right. turn it on to see if there was any sort of you know uh, notification and within five minutes I got a like and I didn't get a response or a retweet. I just got a like and the like was from Mr. Mark Hamill himself. So that in itself is pretty cool. So I thought, okay, so now my objective on this tweet was to see how many people would either retweet it or like it essentially. And this was on Sunday and I posted it in the afternoon. And by the time I went to bed at like 10 o'clock, I had like 50 likes. And I was like, that's, that's my experiment. It it, it worked. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. I woke up in the morning morning with 150 missed notifications (laughs) wow (laughs) and i'm like are you kidding me and at current date we are recording this at 7 30 pacific standard time on a tuesday fourth of july eve eve Mm -hmm. and currently it has 910 likes wow Uh, it's so slowly you know building up but i thought that was amazing so yeah there's twitter activity and i don't know about this like it looks like analytics of a tweet Mm -hmm. so i look at this one particular tweet and it says impressions and this means times people saw this tweet on twitter we're at a little over a quarter of a million 276 
six thousand <laughs> impressions. Wow. Total engagements is thirty five k, and then media engagements, which means number of clicks on your media counted across videos, vines, gifts. Well, vines that's not a thing anymore, but another thirty four. But then the likes is nine hundred ten. Link clicks that means clicks on a URL or card in this tweet. So my picture that was three hundred three replies to this tweet was seventy one. Profile nice. clicks was sixty seven. So that means the people that clicked on my name were sixty seven individuals that clicked <laughs> on my name and only twenty three retweets. And I think the thing with Twitter is you have to have the retweets. It's not the likes. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So anyways, I, I, that's the most likes I've had anything on, I've ever put on social media. That's really cool. And it got me to thinking that I tweeted this from the wrong Twitter account. Yes, you could have been, because I've seen this before. I do uh, follow Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but I do lurk. And I see a lot of comedians who are retweeted by more famous comedians or just people who are like saying stuff. And a lot of times they'll be like, hey, this blew up. So here's my Patreon or here's my GoFundMe or here's my thing. So you really had an opportunity to make some money or to find us some new listeners. That's what and you blew it. That's what I was saying. And it's even funny because like Heather like texted me the other day. She's like, you should have tweeted that from the Simpsons podcast. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I should have done. That's what I've been thinking this whole time. And <laughs> so now, Steve, should we just start pandering to celebrities? I think so. Like, hey, Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> how about the Simpsons? Hey, Chuck Norris, how about Mo Sislak? Hey, Nicolas Cage, how about Nicolas Cage? Or how about OJ Simpson, the real OJ mm. 32. We're a Simpsons. He's a Simpsons. There you go. So here's my uh, here's my homework for you, Steve. Okay. I'm going to try to make... You're going to have to do a social media experiment, but using our actual account. I'll just tweet Jar Jar Binks and be like, what up, dude? You mean Ahmed Best? Yes. <laughs> He'll be so excited if someone tweeted at him. Exactly. Misa, a big fan of you. Should we talk about the year that this episode came out in? Indeed. We are talking about all the way back to 2000. And eighteen. I just April fifteenth to be exact. I just that was so long ago. How did we even make it through that year? Yeah, Donald Trump was president. <laughs> TV began to fall consistently because nobody watched it because they're all watching their streaming services and pizza sales rose unabated because people still like pizza then. It was the dark times, Steve. At least we managed to get out of it and we're here. I know that you were probably were you even born then? Barely. Yeah. Yeah. I was I think I was well, you're older than me. So I might have still been in the womb in 2018, but I might have been out of the womb and into the theaters, Steve. <laughs> Let's talk about what was hot the week of April 15, 2018. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number 10 was Steve's favorite movie, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Seen that movie? I have not. In fact, prior to today, I have not heard of that movie. I just assumed it's a Medea movie, but they didn't put a Medea in it. Right. Uh, number nine was Era Chapaquitic. Era Ayara. <laughs> I let a hooker drown in a car. Era. It was, it was parked in the yard. <laughs> uh, didn't see that movie either. Nope. Um, number eight was I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine what it was, too. I don't know. That was the title, Steve. I Can Only Imagine. Oh. Uh, it was okay. Studio R-A-T-T-A, Rat. I don't know what studio that is. I just saw that as a rat. Maybe it's a rat... A Tui? No, maybe. Uh, number seven, I, I still haven't seen this movie. It's on my queue of Isle of Dogs. 
I saw the first 15 minutes and I fell asleep. Not because it was bad, just because I was tired. Oh, wait, we've already done the set of movies in a previous podcast. That's funny. Because <laughs> we, we discussed that you fell asleep in Isle of Dogs and I, was still, and I said I hadn't yet to see it because we talked about mm-hmm. this number six movie was Black Panther, which you've seen I liked. Yep. Number five was Blockers, which we discussed that I which liked. you liked. Yep. Uh, number four was Truth or Dare. Probably never saw it. Number three is Ready Player One. We probably talked about I read the book. Really go buy these movies fast because we've already talked about them mm-hmm. like a few podcasts ago. Number two was A Quiet Place. Shh. Yeah, we already made that joke. And number one was yep. Rampage. Are you familiar with genetic editing? Changes will be incredibly unpredictable. Increased strength. George! Speed. Agility. No! Try to sells and chains that can't run. Where's George? I need to see him. He is dangerous. I think it's time for me to turn the middle around. Created the next chapter in natural selection. Project Rampage works. You got another one of your little science experiments running around. What do you mean another one? course the wolf flies a fine video game that was probably an okay movie literally the next episode was lisa gets the blues we're watching episode 16 oh wow is that the one where she goes to new orleans yeah that was the 15th episode so here's our so here we are at episode 24 wow guys if you haven't listened to listen to this uh, episode 15 of ours and we could listen to this one and they're finally joined together it's a continuity yeah you hear us talking about the same music and the same movies that's right so what were we listening to steve well at number 10 is walking it, Talk It by Migos featuring Drake. Number nine is Freaky Friday featuring Haley Mills and Lindsay Lohan, but also Little Dicky and Chris Brown. Why would you name your rap name Little Dicky? I don't know. That is that is a little weird. I bet I bet it's the opposite. You know, he yeah, he's a little dicky, but then like the fellas yeah, because it's and... like <laughs> yo, it's DJ Big Penis in the house. <laughs> That's a great name, DJ Big Penis. Uh, number eight is Finesse. Number Seven is Perfect by Ed Sheerham. Uh, number six, The Middle by Zed, Marin Morris, and Gray. Wasn't The Middle, I mean, wasn't The Middle a Jimmy Eat World song? Yeah, it takes some time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, number five is Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring Drake. I'm gonna say that I know zero of these songs so far, but Drake's pretty much on the top of all these lists, isn't he? Yeah, but at number four is Call Out My Name by The Weeknd. Number three is Psycho by Pesos <laughs> Malone featuring Ty Dollar Sign. <laughs> Psycho? Yeah, I like to have fun with letters. Um, number two is Meant to Be by Bebe Rexha and the Florida Georgia Line. I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. I feel like these are the and same... And your number one song. I'm oh, sorry, I was saying, I feel like these... Yeah, I think you're right. These songs were the same for from that episode. Yeah, I think you're probably right because they all sound familiar, but I don't know them. Uh, God's plan. I don't wanna die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story, shit was different with me. God's plan. God's plan. All right, Drake hitting the charts. So this is a back-to-back episode. So we should release episode 15 in this episode in a deluxe vinyl package, limited edition. Ooh, yeah. We could have like a yellow <laughs> vinyl for the Simpsons. This, Collectors so would go crazy. So this is episode reviewing is 
is it our first time we've had episodes not back to back but we're yeah i think we're getting same time yeah obviously yeah. i think it is like yeah all right well should we take a break and come back and talk about it i guess all so right. yeah so what were um, we watching so we are watching king lear and the synopsis is homer and marge find out that mo is having a big battle with his father morty the pair try to reconnect their relationship that's all it. right let's watch it and then talk about it all right we'll be <laughs> right back you know what I mean? yeah And we're back. Today we are talking about King Lear. It was originally aired on April 15th, 2018. It is number 634 in the show's run. Your nerd code is XABF10. It was written by Daniel Furlong and Zach Posner, directed by Chris Clements. And your showrunners were Matt Selman and Al Jean. So the writers of this episode... Uh, Zach Posner and Daniel, uh, is it Furlong? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are writers and story editors on a animated series called Clash Arama. Are you familiar with this? Huh. No, but I feel like we may have brought it up. Before. No, this is a different one. I know what you're talking about because this one's on, on IMBD. It says from 2014 to current, so it's never been canceled. Um, it says Clash Clash is an original comedy series based on your favorite okay. Clash of Clans and Clash of Royal characters. Uh, it takes viewers inside the village and arena to see what life is like oh. between battles. So I don't know where this airs. But uh, like Tom Kenny is a voice mm. and Tress McNeil's a voice. And so like a lot of uh, voice people are on it. So uh, they're writers of that. But they <laughs> both just wrote this one episode of The Simpsons. That's the only one they have. They have one more other credit from a movie called Blur, <laughs> which is a short film. The picture it looks like of uh, a guy's waist and then his crotch is blurred out. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, they're just uh, huh. must be new writers because there's not much about these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm wondering fun to see if a new writing this team, is a though. situation where they had a spec Simpsons script and they sold it. Oh, you're very. It's very possible because I know, especially in this like the past couple of seasons, the Simpsons have been a lot more prone to accepting spec scripts and allowing new writers in. Uh, so that's very. I'm possible. not going to make a promise, but one of Steve and I, our one of our goals is to write a Simpsons spec script i just said that right now he doesn't know about it but i'm, I'm declaring that we're going to attempt maybe <laughs> i think we could do it i mean like i've heard right. our pitches we'll, like we'll think about we have maybe some ideas can, uh, we'll write the script yeah. out and perform it as a special bonus pot episode oh yeah that'd be good exactly. for our non-existent patreon but that's all i got okay well good stuff uh so this episode starts with the title gag being nothing and a billboard gag that is nothing and a chalkboard gag that is uh, nothing, and a couch gag that doesn't exist. That's right, we cut straight to the action. Our episode opens at Springfield Elementary, where the school band sign-ups are taking place. And the sign on the school reads, Pluck, Blow, or Finger. That's uh, the adventure a little begins. naughty, right? Yeah, so it's a little dirty, but Title I gag, like billboard, it. chalkboard, couch gag, none. That's our first episode, right? Without that, I, I know it happens a lot. Not a lot, yeah, that's... but it happens often in The Simpsons, but yeah. Yeah, it was a little surprising to me, though, because I think this is one of my first experiences with absolutely but nothing. It is, like, I mean, because like, it is kind oh, of a long episode. Here we go. So they need to cram in all the story because... Mm-hmm. This beginning part with Bart takes up like half the episode. Yeah, which is interesting. So our episode opens at Springfield Elementary, where we see Mr. Largo uh, looking to assign instruments to students. And uh, Bart is skeptical of being assigned an instrument as music is made from computers, not rusty metal you put in your mouth. 
Um, I've noticed in just doing this show that Mr. Largo plays a larger part than yeah. He really wasn't in those earlier episodes. Was I mean as much? Yeah, he was kind of like a voiceless character. Well, they they actually it's interesting to see him more prominent background. Like you know, he's one of Springfield's proud Mm -hmm. LGBTQ citizens. You go for it, Dewey. Yeah. uh, (laughs) What's his first name? Dewey. Yeah. Interesting. Like interesting choices Um, of. uh, just the way this episode started, like, okay, well, Bart has to play an instrument. I, I don't know. No, he played a number of instruments, including the trombone, clarinet, and the hobo guitar, which he eventually lands, uh, lands on. But uh, you, Craig, were I was, yeah. And, and I, were you not a tromboner? I used to hit everyone in the back of their head How, with it. Yeah. But which I was is Marge's fear doing it, so in the episode. Okay. And then, okay, well then, that's fine. Mr. Largo then uh, describes the conditions of loaning the violin to Bart. And here's the form which says you're responsible for the instrument. So if I break the violin, Homer has to pay? Homer has to pay? The school is lending your son an instrument that's worth $430. <gasps> Violin, you and me are going to make beautiful music together. Bart then tests his limits uh, with the violin by eating a jelly sandwich over it, taking it in the shower, playing fetch with uh, Santa's little helper with it, and using it as a popcorn pan and also as a baseball bat. All the while, Homer foils Bart's attempts to ruin the violin so he doesn't have to pay the $430 to the school. I liked the... Uh, popcorn pan with the violin. I thought that was a uh, creative yes. use of, of trying to destroy it. Yeah. Also, I appreciate that he's making popcorn the old-fashioned way. <laughs> a little PSA for me. If you're making microwave popcorn still, you're doing it wrong. Uh, make popcorn on the stove. It's way better. I, I, Yeah, I don't eat popcorn, Just... but when I did, it was always from that, you know, the, the can and then onto the stove and, you know, put the oil in mm-hmm. and then stir it around. And it, it just tastes way better. Yeah. So Sarah Silverbrand has a recipe that is a recipe that I always used, but it was interesting to hear her on another podcast talk about it. So layer of just like coat the bottom with vegetable oil, put three kernels in, put your uh, stove on six. Once the three kernels burn, take it off the burner for 30 seconds, put some popcorn just a single layer, then put it back on and shake for about three minutes. You'll have no burnt kernels. You just have perfect popcorn. Always good. Uh, that's how I do it. I'd also like mm-hmm. to recommend here is you put butter and then to season mm-hmm. it. I know a lot of people like salt, salt it, but I prefer to use grated Parmesan cheese. And you mix it with the butter good. and that popcorn. You don't eat salt because the saltiness is away from the butt, like salt, salted butter and the saltiness of the Parmesan. And that's Craig's popcorn. Also, a little shake of cayenne. It's good for your heart. Ooh. An alternative is curry powder for a little Eastern flair. And also, uh, nutritional yeast is very good. Well, so, Steve, some of us can't afford that fancy nutritional yeast. Buy it in bulk, <laughs> call it flour, go to the I get almond flour at Winco. <laughs> I'm buying wheat there flour. There you go. <laughs> yes. Wheat flour. Not almond yeah. flour. As Homer attempts to enjoy a beer, Bart has a different plan. If the beer's in a frosted mug, you're not an alcoholic. You're an aficionado. Hello, Father. Thank you for taking responsibility for this lovely instrument. I trust you find its music <laughs> soothing. Come on, dude. Just leave me alone. I'm a good man. I've got kids. You're right. I've been too hard on you. Here you go. Catch. Bart throws the violin in the air, and Homer catches it. While holding the violin, 
Homer sees a vision of the musical instrument playing the world's smallest version of itself. You know what this is? It's me playing the world's smallest violin. <laughs> In a gag that I did not like. Wait, really? You didn't um, like him doing the... I just hated the violin talking. Interesting. I actually... I don't know I why. I enjoyed that scene. That's fine. I just... I don't know why. It just bugged me. It felt very non-Simpson-y for some reason to have the inanimate object talk um all right well i guess uh agree to disagree right fair enough so homer freaks out and he smashes violin to pieces thus liberating him from the onus of having to pay the 430 dollars because it's broken so he has to feeling liberated homer goes to moe's and crane delivered beers moe then he's a phone call which angers him greatly you have the nerve to call me why don't you delete my number from your phone then put the phone in the sock and then beat yourself in the head till your face looks like motor large buffet eggs <laughs> yeah not a prank call huh who was it this time uh anita man bone i want to lick you oh oh i got one john Root beer. Um, going back to the Homer grabbing the frosty mug out of the freezer. It's not alcoholism. It's uh, he's a connoisseur of fine beer. That's how I feel, right? The yeah. train is a fun little gag, and there's a sushi restaurant, conveyor belt sushi restaurant in downtown Portland. That instead of a conveyor belt, they use a train, and it goes around in a circle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to that one. I forget what it's called. I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I've been there, but I know of it. Yeah, I do enjoy sushi. I like them chanting "chug, chug, chug." And then, you know, it cuts to them drinking. It's a trick. Right. And then Mo has a fun line about um, something. <laughs> and Mo with his funny lines about something. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> the little engine that could get me wasted. Yeah, everyone loves the old Disorient Express. After the phone call, Mo shuts down the bar. Homer to call a ride, call for a ride home with a smart car, which turns out to be Marge. I was a little confused. Was she actually a Uber driver, or was he just calling Marge? That's a good question. I feel like just calling Marge because he knew that she'd be sober and it wouldn't cost him money. I gotta say, like, throughout this episode, Homer is, like, extra, like, kind of a dick. Yeah, because there's so many instances on Marge's face of disappointment, especially when she goes to pick him up. And then when he comes mm-hmm. home, or when he leaves, too, you know, he kisses her passionately. He's like, I'm gonna go destroy my brain or whatever, and she just has that sad face. Right. And even in the beginning of the episode where Bart is, like, picking an instrument, he's just, like, looking through right. his phone and being like, yeah, whatever, just do something that you think will make a difference but really won't because Bart just sucks. Like, he's just kind of an asshole throughout the episode. But he's like us now. It's like, it doesn't matter because Bart's going to screw it up. It's like he knows what's going to happen because he's tired of watching the Simpsons. Right. He's tired of being a part <laughs> of that family. We didn't discuss a uh, drunk doggy. Yeah, there was... A drunk dog. That it's was okay fun. if the dog got drunk on his own, as long as a human wasn't getting him drunk. Yeah. If the dog chose to buy right. the beers, then totally fine. Because here on the podcast, we are anti-get-your-pet-drunk. But if they are old enough to go to the store and purchase it themselves, then we, you know, we can't do anything about it. If that dog is three years old, <laughs> then go right ahead, because that's 21 years. And you love that joke, Steve. I really do. Still, we're in nothing but callbacks now. Old man regrets calling Mo, and Marge feels that the uh, family failing is one of the saddest things. And then we get a recurrence of the uh, drunk dog. Yay. Yay. So after the act break, we see that Mo's is closed on account of family crap. And Mo explains that he is 
the white sheep of the family in that he was excluded from the family business. You know how the world sees me as, uh, uh... Human toilet brush? Bingo. Well, I'm the white sheep of my family. They're involved in a very evil business. Illegal drugs? Uh, worse. Prescription drugs? Uh, well, not that bad. The Sizzlacks are... Mattress salesmen. <gasps> yeah, I know, I know. They're like mortgage brokers without the moral code. Charging people 1200 bucks for what's essentially a big bag of hay. So Mo plays a clip of his father's Mattress King ad featuring himself and his two younger siblings. You know, Mo's father was a Mattress King, but also there's another series called Friends where Chandler's girl, like constant girlfriend Janice left Chandler for a man named the Mattress King. And yeah, I don't know, just a still kind of a lazy name for a mattress store, but Mattress King. I think you know. uh, there's probably like actually Mattress King stores. That sounds like a common name, right? Yeah. You know a store name that I don't care for is the Mattress Firm. Why is that? Because it's a kind of a it's like reaching for a pun because some beds are firm and then it's like a law firm. Yeah. All right. Well, I just feel like it's a bit of a stretch, but I I guess we all got there. I just don't uh, care for mattress stores, so uh, that's why I sleep on a Lisa, not a Simpson, but a, a mattress. I was it was going to take us. <laughs> to bring up Lisa mattresses and, it, and here we are, are. that's so, your only Lisa yeah. mattress and uh we'll get a casper one in here soon enough i don't like it it's too scoop it's it's casper creepy. he's a ghost it's the ghost of richie rich yes scary um there was so oh, in the, there, there was um, i don't know if we got to the scene yet but speaking of mattresses mo has like a poignant line which is the truth is like you never notice mattress stores until you need a mattress and then when you do it there's so many of them and that's like the actual truth it's really true and also mattress salesmen are as ghoulish as this episode depicts like laura and i bought a mattress a few years ago and she works at a large uh, department store uh, that <laughs> rhymes with racies uh, and so she gets a discount and she knows people at the store and we were going to buy a bed from them, but it's like up on the third floor where nobody goes. And we went up there and it was really creepy. And the dude was kind of a weirdo and we yeah. wanted to like just buy our bed and get out of there. It wasn't a good no. experience. Buy, buying a bed isn't fun. No, it's awful. That's why I use. I thought you were going to say Casper. That's all right. <laughs> Here, Steve, eat this onion. Uh, in the ad, Moe's father declares the best deals on all of the land at all of their locations, which include East Scum Street, Fish Mill Lane, Jerk Circle, Nicolette's Place, Greek Chinatown, Little Guantanamo, Smog Check District, and the Martial Arts Studio Village. I Yeah, I think Martial I Arts Studio all Village and Greek Chinatown are my favorite. Yeah, I like Jerk Circle. All right. Well, after the ad record, the Sizzlick family enjoy a celebratory onion. Steve, here's an onion. Take take a bite. All right. And then Mo's father then assigns mm. him to plant Hungarian mattresses mashers in the beds of the family's rivals, the Sleep and Snooze. So Mo attempts to dump bed bugs on his family's rivals, but seeing the uh, Sleep and Snooze family. He has a change of heart. The opposing family then placed bed bugs in Mo's family, ruining the business and caused Mo to be kicked out of the family. You know, I got to hand it to Mo having a heart, right? Yeah, he was being a good person, even though his family were not cool people. And he was trying to do, do the right thing, but then his his rivals were also jerks. So I feel bad for Mo in this. Like it I actually really did him. enjoy the other family when they're huddling together and then just had the other bed bugs and just put mm-hmm. it on. That was a good scene. Uh, let's talk about 
Can we talk about Ray Liotta real quick? Yeah, he plays uh, Moe's father in this I episode, he, Morty. He's one of the best uh, guest stars, I think, that just kind of like went all out. He does do a good job because when I was listening to it, I knew it was Ray Liotta, but I never thought about it. And it was just in the moment. And it was nice because, as we've talked about before, we like it when the a guest star plays a character rather than themselves. And I think he really like enveloped himself in the role. And it was yeah, really I good. I think it's one of the best guest voice performances actually I, in one of the Simpsons I, I feel anyway and mm-hmm. he acted he did a great job it, you could tell he was having fun doing it too yeah I mean it, he probably got bored of doing all those like <laughs> Nicorette gum commercials and like wanted some real meat and was, so yeah he's a real good wasn't he on the, that show with J-Lo that only lasted a couple seasons like she was a detective but I think oh. yeah yeah, uh, he you know he still gets work. Yeah, I could not tell you what it's called. I but think yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Mo's sister's played by Debbie Mazer, and if you remember mm-hmm. in Goodfellas, she played the this was the nanny, the one that would get Ray Liotta's character uh, Henry Hill like uh, the drugs, like all the coke, and he was mm-hmm. you know banging her on the side. So I thought that was uh, a fun little Goodfellas Goodfellas yes. reunion. But <laughs> and then the voice of. Yeah. Mo's brother was uh, Chris Ed- Edgerly. Ed- Edgerly, he's an actor, and yeah, I'm not too familiar with his okay. work either. But he does a lot of voice acting, especially on The Simpsons. So he's been voice seen on The Simpsons okay. from 2011 to 2019. I just thought it was interesting that they had two Goodfellas actors play Mo's, you know, family. Like, yeah, you think that the brother they were trying to get another, like, like a Joe Pesci, but like someone from Goodfellas, right, or just a different voice actor? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought right. it was interesting they had they called in two actors to play the role of the father and his sister, but then used just one of their basic or not basic, but you know one of their standard voice actors as the brother. Marge, to Homer's chagrin, asked Mo why his father reached around to reconcile, and after reminding Homer of the Fast and Furious series What's your favorite movie? Fast and Furious Six. And what's the theme of that movie? Cards. What's the other theme? <gasps> Family. They both agree to help Mo reconnect with his family. The Simpsons then drive through the city for uh, Mo's father's mattress store. Once they find it, we meet Mo's brother and sister, Minnie and Marv. That must be Mo's brother and sister. They don't look ugly like Mo, but I'm still feeling the ugly. Oh, that one's eating Chinese food with scissors. And that's why I was talking about that 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 scene with uh, Mo saying all the mattress stores. Yeah. Jeez, I never noticed how many mattress stores there are. Yeah, you never do till you're shopping for one. Then they're freaking everywhere. Uh, Marge then invites the Sizzlak family to dinner. She's going a little crazy there, Steve. It's true. I don't know where to put the name plaques. You ever been? You ever been to a <laughs> dinner where your name was where you were supposed to be? Besides a wedding. Uh, aside from my own wedding, I don't know of any other time when I've done that. Yeah, no, I don't know if I've ever been to a formal dinner party because no one invites me. Oh, I'll invite you over. We can have yeah, hot dogs. <laughs> formal hot, hot dogs. Hot dogs with tuxedos. <laughs> That's right. They just penguin dogs. Uh, <laughs> they're good because they're cold and they can't fly uh, away. There you go. The dinner results in a fight. So Homer moves to stage two of their plan, showing clips of the old Mattress King commercials. And that makes peace. And Morty announces his retirement and gives the mattress store a mattress store to each of his children, including Mo. Well, it sounds like the episode's over. Everything's good. Yep, we're done. Mo opens his new store under new Mo Mo Jament. 
I've noticed that a surprising number of Springfieldians showed up to the store. Like, if you read in the paper <laughs> this non-article, bartender opens mattress store. Like, oh, me and everybody I know needs to buy a mattress. I was very pleased with his level of business. Like, that's very impressive. I think anything that happens in Springfield, if a new store or anything happens, that everyone just comes on out. You know, it's, it's a pretty active community, Springfield. It's true. They have a good network, I guess. Fox. Um, Fox. Mo shows his President's Day commercial in the uh, store, and he finds out that his siblings have sabotaged the ad. Hey, hey, somebody messed with our commercial. Who died on Moe's mattresses? Shut-ins, fat people, and inmates, inmates, inmates. No, no, it's all lies. Come back. My mattresses are brand new, made in the finest Filipino sweatshops by the cutest kids you ever saw. So Homer's reluctant to say I told you so to Marge, and he stifles himself, um, but he really is like eager to be like, ha-ha, told you so, but that's what makes a good marriage. But I, I brought them together. How could things end so badly? Don't say I told you so. Don't say I told you so. Don't Maybe say I, I told shouldn't you have so. gotten Don't involved. So. Don't say I told you so. Don't say I told you so. Why didn't Don't somebody warn me? Don't say I told you so. I told That was quite an enjoyable scene, uh, especially the scene prior to it when uh, he was talking to his daughter, Lisa. and Spiky-haired yeah, girl. I like how he says... Lisa, I don't know if you've ever been married or not, but <laughs> but the moment when you get to say I told you so to your spouse, you know, that, that sort of set up. And mm-hmm. I think that's true uh, with any relationship. Steve, have you ever had a I told you so moment with Laura? Probably not because I'm usually wrong because I'm a dummy. This is how I look like a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying <laughs> to set you up for failure. <laughs> I guess you, you, you I say that I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a good husband. Mo is forlorn and closes his door, wishing his father never reached out, reached around to contact him. Marge tries to convince Mo to reconcile, but he goes to the mattresses, declaring war on the siblings by deflating their balloon ape, letting loose a porcupine on their waterbed sail, and cutting the do-not-remove tags from their mattresses. So I gotta say that the do-not-remove mattress tag joke is real old and real hacky like i just feel like it's straight from the 80s i mean don't quote me on this but i feel like they probably made that joke on i love lucy right you're probably right yeah i agree with you yeah it is it's an old joke that needs to end isn't the only reason why they have those like don't remove it's for the mattress owners or you know the the salesmen or you know people that yeah i don't want to get real dorky into it but it's basically so they don't put crappy material into the bed right like sand or sawdust into the bed so basically it said like the material is good and you can't remove the mattress or the tag if you're the seller anyway yeah it just felt a little tired do you really need to remove the mattress tag is it in your way also who's buying water mat or water beds in 2018 i had a water bed but that was like an 80s thing i had one too yeah because you had one growing up too like do they actually make water beds i was going to bring this up but do they still make water beds that's a good question. Like, if you out there listeners have a waterbed, hashtag wetbed bonanza. Hashtag wetbed. There we go. 
Yeah, we're not doing the Bonanza podcast. We're doing the Simpsons podcast. So we'll get there eventually. <laughs> From season <laughs> yeah, eleven and beyond. Podcast. At least we have a finite end, though. That's true. Uh, so in this episode, Marge finds uh, Monty Sislak at Johnny Bermuda's and warns him of his children's conflicts. Marty feels that this is Moe's opportunity to prove himself and do the thing that he's supposed to do when he's a child, and urges Moe to go for it. Moe, reminiscing his old family, refuses to let loose the bugs, so he can't do it. Moe gets a hug, some platonic love from Marge, which he so desperately desires. But then that causes Mo to <laughs> drop the bug jar, and it falls from a soft mattress to a firm mattress to an extra firm mattress, which then causes the jar to break, and all the bugs are let out. And then um, everybody runs out of the uh, warehouse, and that's the uh, cut to You know, you talked about, I forget what episode it was, it was a few episodes ago where it was like two years too late, the parody. Was it... Was it... The Inception, right. The Inception. And I feel like the bed bugs mm-hmm. thing is kind of a two years too late because I think it was like in 2016 when the whole bed bug epidemic came back. Oh, yeah. And now it's... That's yeah. a really good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah. So that's it, why I'm thinking that it was... Yeah, there was a time when that was very much in the social conversation where everyone was talking about bed bugs. And yeah, I haven't thought about them right. in quite a while. So yeah, that's a really good point. After the credits is this uh, clip of Mo filming a commercial for his be- uh, mattress store. And I really enjoyed how organic the dialogue was. So you know that's a parody, right? Uh, go to YouTube and uh, just type in mattress commercial fail. And there's even one you could watch that Philip Seymour Hoffman did a parody of, which is like another reproduction. Um, I don't know if that was from a movie, but... Wow, I feel No, no, it's I didn't know either. So when I was watching, like, I think this has to be a a parody because the way like homer and everyone walks in the discussion um i was like this has to be a parody because it doesn't look like actual simpsons mm. styling and the way everyone comes in and the discussions yeah so um i'll play the clip right now hey this is Vinny t for the furniture guy give me a call at 351-3900 for a limited time only the furniture guy's got queen mattress sets for 99 dollars and king sets for 129 Oh yeah, I'm fine. That's what I was afraid was gonna. That's what I was afraid was gonna happen with that goddamn thing. Hey, I'm just, uh, oh, I'm fine. You sure? Fucked up my guitar though. No, I'm fine. You sure you? No, I'm fine. Play your arm and stuff. He's wearing leather. Oh, okay. You, did you get on film? Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, this is Moash from the Mattress King. Give me a call at five 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 zero one four six for a limited time only. The Mattress King's got queen mattress sets for $99 and king sets for $129. Ooh, are you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. That's what I was afraid was gonna... Uh, that's what I was afraid was gonna happen with that damn thing. You all right? Oh, I'm fine. You sure? Messed up my guitar, though. No, I'm fine. You sure you're, uh... No, I'm fine. Try your arm and stuff. He's wearing leather. Oh, okay. Did you get it on film? Yeah. All right, all right. Before we rate and review this episode, I would say that one other review is Dennis Perkins of the AV Club gave this episode a B minus, stating Fox synergistic Simpsons programming saw FXX uh, uh, run a mini marathon of Mo all Sunday, leading up to this Mo centric outing. And the Simpsons longevity means that there's more mediocre Mo and well everyone else that than certified Mo classics. But King Lear managed to mine Springfield's least reputable barkeep for enough quality Mo to at least remind us why he's always been one of the show's most reliable side characters. 
So that's one review. Um, just one little fun trivia is uh, as silly as it may mm-hmm. look, taking off a shoe and using it in a fight was a real thing done by Dutch immigrant boys in their home country of the Netherlands. Oh yeah, we didn't really we didn't really touch on that, but yeah, the uh, Sizzlek family enjoys fighting each other with their shoes. Yeah, so in the Netherlands, they would have been wearing wooden shoes, which make it a formidable weapon. And uh, Mo Sizzlek <laughs> is canonically of Dutch descent. So it makes sense that his family still does this when fighting amongst each other. Interesting. Uh, that's the only real interesting trivia. Other than that, I guess I can rate it if you want to rate it. Yeah, let's rate a, rate a room. All right, well, I'll give this... 2,000 out of 8,000 bedbugs. Oh, I will give this uh, 100 out of uh, 1,000 thread counts. <laughs> and it's a little harsh, I realize. Yeah, but... well, mine too. I don't know. I, there were some fun gags here and there, but I just, I guess I wasn't really feeling it. No, I feel like the emotional strain that they're going for never really hit for me. Like, I know that Mo was trying to be a good guy, and he felt bad that his family were a bunch of assholes, but... I I don't know. I just didn't really care. I, I give points to Ray Liotta. I thought he did a great job. In fact, you know, we talk about one-off characters last week. I wouldn't mind seeing mm-hmm. Morty Sislak back. I think you yeah. could you can bring him back. I think his brother and sister, not so much. But uh, Morty Sislak, I mean, you could have another episode with him where, uh, let's say, he... Uh, he needs to be. He needs to take over Moe's or whatever. Mo Moe's sick, and he needs his dad to take over the bar for for a while. Right? There's an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he transforms Moe's into Morty's, and you know it's not good. Right. I would watch that. I think there could be some fun dynamic. Uh, other than that, the I guess the opening with Bart was fine. I did enjoy. I think I said my favorite quote was the when Bart or when Homer is talking to Lisa with the You've never been married, have you, Lisa? When you love someone very much, the toughest thing is not to rub their face in their horrible screw ups. Uh, that's my favorite. Yeah, and my favorite quote was the uh the chug 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 with the beer train. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this when you review? What would be your Simpsons tattoo from this episode? <laughs> this was a tough one. Yeah. And usually I want to use a visual gag, but you would hate it, my tattoo, if I had a violin playing the world's smallest violin <laughs> as my Simpsons You're tattoo. You're right. Would, I would get Morty's toupee. Yeah, this... Because this... Like, he takes it off at one point and kind of rings it, so yeah. This wasn't really a tattoo inspired episode oh you know be a good one is the shattered beer glass the beer mug right Mm because that's what really threw homer over the edge to destroy the the violin yeah and yeah that's that's i don't know that's all i got maybe a mattress yeah but who put a mattress oh here's a good one (laughs) get that the family of the other mattress store tattooed with her family portrait. Oh That'd yeah, be... that's an incredibly deep cut. You'd have to explain that to absolutely. <laughs> like, have you seen everybody. this episode of The Simpsons from a year ago? And they'd be like, "Why?" My name's Matt Selman. I wrote this episode. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, we should we should get a tattoo of each episode we review. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> so now we have to get like 23 tattoos back to back to back yep. to back. That's only gonna run us. Let me see here. Let me do the math. Carry the 27. Uh, divide the... Uh, so I'm looking at roughly about $4,000. Great. That's with, co- that's that. with 
lying around. That's if they're not colored, though. Yeah, it's no. just black and white. Or just black. Anyways, yeah, that's that's what I felt about the episode. I think I would recommend it just for introducing the characters. Because I, I get Ray Liotta, he's the best part of the show. Is it is an acting. Like, he does a great job acting. Yeah. And it's an interesting study of... Because, you know, it's a big part of The Simpsons, like, in later episodes, to help another character with their life stuff. And this is a good example of that in our modern era of being like, here's Mo and his family, and here's the Simpsons helping them. So I think it is an important episode, even if it's not a great episode. Right, because you could have easily done the typical Homer is a screw-up, which he is in this episode, and Marge disappointed mm-hmm. because, you know, she picks him up when he's drunk. And, you know, that could have been the episode there where she'd been, like, you know, pissed off. But she's just, you know, she's used to just being rejected. Yes, yeah, so she's it's just quietly accepting. Really, like, this episode... Marge is really sad. It is because it's not a plot point at all. It's just in the background. There's so many being like, oh god, disappointed this is looks my on life. her face. But I just felt bad for mm-hmm. the Simpsons family in general and Homer Badman. Yeah. So this is a message to you, listeners. Take a look at your life, and if you're the Homer, maybe do something nice for another person, and uh, don't think of yourself, and maybe you know, don't buy a bowling ball for a birthday gift, and uh, just be a better person. I couldn't say it better by itself. And with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Was that a great break for you, or what? So, so good. last week, you organically, I might add, talked about how mm-hmm. uh, video games somehow with The Simpsons. I don't remember what this, the thing was, and we decided we'd talk about Simpsons video games. Uh, Steve, are you an avid video game player? I am not. One of my household roommates uh, does play a lot of games and is always fresh with the new games. And I tend to download old games on my phone uh, the Sega company is very generous with Genesis games that are free. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Streets of Rage 2 lately. What about you, Craig? What's your gaming situation? I'm a fair weather gamer, but definitely when I was a kid, um, I still play the PlayStation 4. Like, I love myself some Red Dead or one of my mm-hmm. favorite games that came out last year, Detroit Become Human. I highly recommend that oh. if you're into story. Uh, that's really what it is. It's It's a game where you're... You play three different characters, three different robots, and you kind of develop a. It's a very cinematic, so you're kind of just like making a movie, and you can make oh, a happy cool. movie. You can make a super. I I did the like the most happiest of modes where everyone lives and it's all happy, and then I started doing like the mm-hmm. really depressed ones, and I got super depressed and I had to stop doing it because it was just it was <laughs> oh. it was bad. So that was a, yeah. that was a fun game, but we're not here to talk about those. We're here to talk about the Simpsons games. And we probably, you and I, played a lot of the older ones. As of June 2014, 27 video games focused on the Simpsons series have been released. Um, Anyways, you know what the very first Simpsons game was, Steve? Was that Bart versus the Space Mutants? It sure was. It came out on the Nintendo, Sega, Game Gear, Genesis, and SMS. Others had, there was on Amiga, Atari ST, Amstrad, CPC, Commodore 64, IBM PC, ZX, Spectrum. Don't know those. I mean, I know Commodore, but Mm. Atari, but... Um, mm-hmm. I played it on the NES the way it was intended to. I remember playing on it. I remember it being a very difficult game, and I think it's remembered as being a crappy game, but I don't remember hating it. I just remember it was hard. You had to spray paint purple things or something like that. Like, anything purple was the enemy, and I just remember a scene in a shopping mall. Yeah, I 
remember having rented this game as a kid and mm -hmm. it was tough. I probably didn't even get past the first level. Not not a fan of that game. And and it definitely is terrible. And I think if you go on YouTube to Angry Video Game Nerd, I think he does a whole Simpsons game. Oh. Not 100% sure about that, but I remember him tackling this. Uh, the next thing to be released was also 91, but Far Superior was the Simpsons arcade game, which, of course, you could only play at arcades at the time. And that's mm. someone on Twitter mentioned that. And that game was super fun. You remember playing the Simpsons arcade game? Oh, yeah. I To me, I mean... We're going to get more into it, but to me, this is the quintessential Simpsons game. I remember my brothers would take me to the local Nickel Arcade, and the uh, Simpsons game was always the one that I went to. I usually played as Marge, because I thought that the vacuum cleaner was a better weapon. Also, it's funny uh, that her weapon has to be a vacuum. I understand that, so... I know, it's... Yeah. But you're right. It's a little... I played as Marge, too, because that vacuum had the reach. At least it's, that's what right. you assume, right? Mm-hmm. But there was two other games just like that where you had, when you went to the arcade and you had four controllers <laughs> so you could play. Another game, of course, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade. Actually the same right, game. Right, it was. And I, those games I loved to death. And Me don't too. forget the X-Men game, which had like six players you could play like as yeah. Colossus, Wolverine, let me see, Storm. Maybe Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was, was, was it Jubilee, Jubilee or was it Kitty Pride or... Was Jean Grey? I don't remember. There, there was like, yeah. I think there was like three boys and three girls, wasn't there? I don't know. That game right, was yeah. super fun. And just, yeah, they're all the same thing. But I'd love to have. I would love to have The Simpsons like stand up. I gotta tell you how much I miss like arcade games like oh, that. Because yeah. every now and then, Laura and I will go on a date night to an like, arcade because we're grown adults. Is it a Wonderland on Belmont? Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's still a fun place. It, it is, but like so many of the games are either like rolling nickels <laughs> in a certain way. The the magic of like the side scrolling game is lost to arcades, and we spend most of our time playing Big Buck Hunter because Laura's a big fan of that, which I like that, too. That is a fun game. Last time I was there, I always play the Star Wars arcade where you play the three movies. Oh, that's classic. So it good. It is, and it's also not hard. Where you can you can actually like beat the levels. Like, all right, I blew up the Death Star, and I fought Darth Vader, and all right. And since it's a nickel mm -hmm. arcade, it only costs you a couple bucks. Right. There's also a classic. I the name is escaping me, but a classic like shooter game where you're fighting zombies, and it's just like you. It's one of those games where you have a gun. And you shoot, and that's yeah. fun. Yeah, those, 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 yeah, those shooting games where they're just coming at you. I think there's like a Jurassic Park one. There was like a Star Trek Voyager one. Mm -hmm. There's an Alien. Yeah, one, I want to so say. those are fun. Yeah, those those classic ones. But The Simpsons, they had more games than that yes. classic arcade. Oh yes. Quickly, there was a Bart's House of Weirdness, but I think it only came out on PC, so I don't know anything about that one, and I never played it. Came Nor out in uh, Reception was probably crap. Although it actually looks pretty good because it was a PC game. So it was just like a side-scroll adventure game where you had to collect items and put them together, that sort of thing. If you ever played Indiana Jones if you ever played Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis on PC, that was one of the best adventure mm -hmm. games. Or uh, the Monster, was it the Monster House games? Goes back. Oh yeah, um, that's a classic. Another game. So there was at least one, two, three, four, five, six, six games released in 1991 of just Simpsons game, and it's all Bart. Besides the arcade, it's all Bart Simpsons blank. So uh, in November 91 mm -hmm. was Bart Simpsons Escape from Camp Deadly, which came out on the Game Boy. Uh, which I had a Game Boy, but I never played this. But I'm assuming it was another hard game. I feel like probably uh, like a version of Camp Krusty. Sure, 
the plot is Bart and Lisa go to spend the summer at camp, which proves to be dangerous camp, deadly, run by Mr. Burns' nephew, Iron Fist Burns. <laughs> His intentions are to make sure that the children suffer and have little fun as possible. So there you go. <laughs> Let me read the description to Bart's House of Weirdness. Bart's House of Weirdness is an action-adventure platform game, like I assumed it was, that uses single-screen movement. The plot sees Bart grounded to his room by his parents, Homer and Marge, after having pulled <laughs> one too many boners. With nothing to do, he quickly gets bored and escapes from home. He travels around town and eventually heads to an amusement park where he has to save Crested Clown from Sideshow Bob. That, don't, that one sounds kind of fun. It was an MS-DOS, yeah. Yeah, I like the plot yeah. of that one. It sounds interesting. All right. Back to, and then in 1999 was Bart versus the World, which was on NES and Game Gear and SMS. I remember this one. Me too. This one was still crappy. It was, uh, yeah, on the crest of the clown show, Bart Simpson wins an opportunity to pers- participate in a round-the-world scavenger hunt. However, this contest has been rigged by Mr. Burns' assistant, Smithers, in order for Burns to rid himself of the Simpsons family for all the trouble they have caused him for over the years. I remember this one being really hard to... Mm-hmm. They sold it well because I remember there was, you know, uh, even on the cover, I'm looking at it like, oh, you get to go to Egypt or the North Pole and China and Hollywood. I feel like they were like banking on that uh, Carmen Sandiego cachet of like world traveling video games. Yeah, like that or Super Mario 3, where you kind of travel the world in Mario 3 with different. Yeah, totally. We had another Game Boy in 92 called Bart versus the Juggernauts. And. I don't think I played that one either. Because Game Boy games, that was a hard one because you actually had to buy those. You could never rent a Game Boy game. Right. And so. And I never had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear oh, because I, had... I hated batteries. Yeah. Uh, I had the the AC adapter and you just had to plug your Game Gear in. Yeah, exactly. Play. So did I. But I just remember having Sonic, Joe Montana's football, and then maybe like a weird Tetris ripoff game. I loved my Game Gear. That was That was great fun. And mm-hmm. I love the Game Boy, too. Yeah. So in this Game Boy game, the Bart versus the Juggernauts, the player controls the cartoon character of Bart Simpson from the animated oh. television series <laughs> The Simpsons. Uh, he is participating in a weekly game show called Juggernauts USA, so based on American Gladiators. Which, oh. Have they ever rebooted that? Has that come back? So this is a sad fact about my life, is that for a while in 2019, I didn't have cable, but I, ha- I bought a satellite or one of those uh, antennas for network television so you get all the network televisions or network channels and then you get like all these extra channels and most of them are just christian channels but one of them was like pax which is family televiewing but on like pax 3 they would show reruns of a show called gladiators 2000 which is from 1999 that was basically american gladiators for children hosted by a young ryan seacrest oh that's funny and I would watch it because there was nothing else on, and I had no life. So yeah, it was, uh, I guess, the, the American Gladiators-type game, yeah, which Bart had to run through obstacle courses, battle huge muscle-bound muscle-bound juggernauts, and do other various challenges. Uh, there are a total of seven challenges that challenge from week to week. So it sounds like you're just doing a challenge-based game. Then we had <laughs> one of the most anticipated games I thought as a kid was Bart. Man meets Radioactive Man. So that now it's not Bart Simpson. It's Bart Man meets Radioactive Man. Right. His greatest hero. And I don't think I ever got to play that. But Bart's at home reading Radioactive Man comic book only to be shocked as Radioactive Man sidekick Fall Out Boy jumps out of it. Fall Out Boy <laughs> tells Bart that he must venture into the comic book universe in order to save Radioactive Man, who has been held captive at the black hole orbiting prison Limbo Zone. Oh. 
you're playing as Bartman and just another side scrolling game. Game right. Pro in ninety four gave the magazine or gave it a two point five out of five. Commenting that though it's not a toxic waste of time, Bartman meets Radio Command is an average game with any caps that affect its playability and your enjoyment. <laughs> Only you can determine if it is a meltdown or not. It wasn't a good game either. Are we ever mm-hmm. going to get to a good Simpsons game? We've only had one so far, and that's the Simpsons arcade game. It's true. Steve, what's next? Do we have a, another game? Uh, looks like it is released in 92 for, uh, by Acclaim, and it was on the SNES and Sega Genesis. Bart Simpson falls asleep while studying and dreams of a strange universe where TVs and fairies roam the streets. The player must find Bart's lost homework and progress through various levels to keep the homework pages and eventually wake up. Do you remember this one, Bart? Or... I <laughs> I didn't, uh, Lisa. Uh, I never had an SNES, so I don't yeah, remember this I, one at all. I'm sure it was bad. Yeah, I remember vaguely playing it for a little bit, and yeah, it was bad. Like it was cool because you like were on Evergreen Terrace for a little bit, so it was cool to see a street and kind of be. And the gameplay was not wonderful. The next one, also released in 1992 for the NES, is Krusty's Funhouse which is a game based on the animated sitcom <laughs> The Simpsons, um, but it was originally released as Rat Trap on the Commodore Amiga. It was a game prior that they just kind of retconned to be a Yeah, for Simpsons what it was, game. it was just a, a, a puzzle puzzle games, and mm-hmm. I, it was just a, they used The Simpsons skin on it to sell The Simpsons, so it wasn't anything new. Or I mean, I never played it, but... I might have, and I probably was like, dude, like, okay, let's try this game. It's like, oh, it's puzzle games. And as a kid, I was like, I didn't care. I wanted it to be like Mario Brothers. That's the right. type, type of games. Then mm-hmm. in 94 on Game Boy, another Bart Simpson game was Bart the Beanstalk. Never yeah. played this one. The game merges with existing universe of the Simpsons, the fairy tale of Jack and the Beanstalk. I've, I've never, never heard of this one either. Today. It received mixed to negative reviews from the critics. So we haven't got to a great... Simpsons game, but this one coming up, <laughs> I remember wanting to play this was Virtual Bart. Oh. And you thought it was actually virtual reality, but it wasn't. Instead of side scrolling, it had third person viewing. I think it had like a lot of different. Do you remember this game? Vaguely. I don't know if I ever played it, but I remember seeing video of it. It looked like it would be fun because you, it had different three dimensional usage of the video game, but it didn't work. Electronic Gaming Monthly scored it as a 4.8 out of 10. Coming to that, the control is awful, the stage is unappealing, and the whole thing seems rushed. I just remember seeing it back in my comic books as a kid, wanting to play mm-hmm. it. Um, let's go through these real quick, see if there's anything good coming up. Here's Itchy and Scratchy and Miniature Golf Madness. Did you ever this on Game Boy? Nope. Don't, I'm going to assume it's just Miniature Golf. Don't know Golf. that one. Then there was just the Itchy mm-hmm. and Scratchy game. It was on Super NES and Game Gear and Genesis. That would have sounded like a fun game. That one was really hard. It was fun. The visuals were interesting. It was, it was kind of a different world, but it was a very hard game, I remember. I think I actually did play that a bit when I downloaded an emulator years ago. You're right. It was hard, but mm-hmm. that was probably the right direction they needed to go with a Simpsons video game. It was like, just do itchy and scratchy because you could do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, that's what it's, they should. They should make Bone Storm. Put that out. I want to play Bone Storm. Absolutely. I would definitely play that with like a little intro with Lee Carvino's uh, <laughs> right. challenge. Uh, the next thing to come out was in 96 July was the Simpsons cartoon studio. Uh, it was a interactive CD-ROM game. So less a game and more like a. Yeah. Project. It allowed users to create their own Simpsons cartoons using characters, sounds, music, and location from the show. That sounded like something that would have been really fun to do as a kid, but I bet 
there was probably mm-hmm. so many limited things you could do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if we could do our our episodes with it. We had Virtual Springfield, which came out on PC, which was kind of a fun one. It was just you got to go walk around Springfield, essentially. You got to look at things. Was this kind of like The Sims? Maybe what Virtual Springfield was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're finally getting to the year 2000. There was a Simpsons bowling game, which came out was an arcade, which I don't have any information on that, but that sounds fun. That does sound fun. I just imagine, like, you can be the pen pals or maybe, you know, and it's basically bowling, which sounds like fun. I would, I'd play that. There was a Game Boy Color game that came out in 2001, which was The Simpsons Night of the Living Treehouse of Horror. So I'm going to assume it was a side-scrolling game. I want to get all these games now. Okay, I remember. Okay, now we're getting to ones that I remember <laughs> now. Okay, 2001, Steve. There was Simpsons Wrestling. Do you remember this game? I remember seeing it. I don't think I ever played it, though. I played it, and it was not good. Okay. Basically a fighting game. It was or... a wrestling game. And, you know, you got to choose your, this was kind of the era too, where they would brand anything to like, try to make a Mortal Kombat type game. Mm-hmm. And well, this was wrestling, but it just, uh, I think it was the, the controls were janky. It was hard to maneuver. I feel like they probably felt like, oh, we have a good well of characters. And the best way to show them off is with a fighting style game where you can pit two characters against each other. But yeah, if the if the game playing isn't good, then it's not a good game. Yeah, and I remember the graphics were pretty gross, and oh yeah, it was just choppy, and it wasn't good. I mean, there was other games at that time that could pull it off, but let's talk about probably one of my favorite games besides arcade was Simpsons Road Rage. Ah, uh, yes. You played this one, though, right? I did, yeah. It was like Crazy Taxi, but mm-hmm. uh, it actually worked. It was. I think we're finally at a game that worked, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, because it kind of had that feel of an open world, and you know you got to see the different characters. And yeah, Crazy Taxi is a great game, um, and this like emulating it is a great idea because you get to see all of Springfield. So yeah, this one's a winner. And you got to choose different vehicles. I think wasn't there? Did you ever get to drive the Homer mobile? I don't know. It's been a while. I wonder if I still have it. I still have my PS2 and all my PS2 oh, games. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're coming up on 2002 with a Simpsons skateboarding came out only on the playstation 2 so i'm on the wiki for this game and this is what it says Mm -hmm. the game was widely panned by critics and is considered one of the worst video games of all time wow all right (laughs) so i need to find the simpsons skateboarding game and we're gonna have to do a podcast on us playing it (laughs) absolutely i would love that Jeez, why was it that bad? Oh, hey, if you guys know why it was bad, just let us know the next one was i think actually a good one too was the simpsons hit and run which is kind of like a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it has good reviews, which on a Simpsons game. So this is a top one. Um, let's see if it remembers here. The game follows the Simpsons family and their friend Apu, who witnesses many strange uh, incidents that occur in Springfield. Security cameras, mysterious fans, crop circles, and a new and improved flavor of the popular soft drink Buzz Cola, which causes insanity. The game also features many elements found in role-playing games and side tasks and quests. Well, yeah, I never played the site. That would have been a fun game. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, we had the Simpsons game, and I actually saw this at a store because I was on PS3 and Xbox 360 and PS2, and I'd never heard of this. It was just called. Yeah, the, the name is really generic. Yeah. Action platformer. It doesn't have great reviews, but I'm kind of curious. I, I almost wa- I, I almost want to pick this up and, and see what it's like. Yeah. The game follows the five Simpsons family members: Homer, Marge, with Maggie. Bart and Lisa, who learn they are part of a video game and are given superpowers to resolve several situations. Eventually, they must save their 8-bit from Will Wright and the creator of the video game from their video game selves, Matt Groening. Huh. It sounds kind of meta. 
Yeah, and if you look at came I'm out, I'm intrigued by it. And it came out in 2007, which was the same year that the movie came out. Um, mm-hmm. But it was on Nintendo DS, PS2s, and PS3, PS Portable, Wii, and Xbox 360. It's you still have a PS3, don't you? Doesn't he have like all the systems? Yeah, he does. I think. I think we almost have to get the PS3 version. I could get the PS2 version, but I think we'd mm-hmm. want the one a little bit better, right? Right. Yeah. I, I'm I might have to buy this. this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the last real like console game was in 2007. The following... also side note, yeah, Matt Selman was the head writer of that game. Oh wow, good job, yeah. Matt. And yeah, so after that, it was all just mobile games. There was Minutes to Meltdown, Itchy and Scratchy Land, The Simpsons Arcade, kind of like a re-release, and then of course, Tapped Out, which came out in 2012. <sighs> so most of the Simpsons games suck. I think that's the, the lesson. Yeah, good would be. The original Simpsons Arcade, and then the Hit and Run and the Road Rage, Rage. and then maybe this the Simpsons game. So if you guys know, if you like any of the games or hating the games, frustration with the games, let us know what your favorite Simpsons game is. And uh, let us know on Twitter at 138Simpsons. Should we find out what we're watching next week? Yeah, let's uh, spin the wheel. Season 16. Alrighty, now let's spin to see what episode we are watching. And that's episode 14. So we got season 16. Episode 14 is The Seven Beer Snitch. It originally aired April 3rd, 2005. In an attempt to prove to Shelbyville that Springfield is not a hick town, Marge convinces the town to fund a new concert hall. Steve, do you have any recollection of this episode? Frank Gehry is in it, and he builds a place and I vaguely remember it, but I don't remember much more other than that. I, yeah, I think I remember that part, but other than that, I guess I don't remember it at all. So I guess we'll find out next week, right? All right. Yeah, I well, guess so. It's been great chatting with you, Steve. So you guys can reach out at us. Tell us about your favorite Simpsons video games or the ones you didn't like. What made you frustrated? All on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. It's all at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. For this week, I've been half a host, Craig. And I've been your other half host, Craig. Nope, that's Steve. That's me. And we'll see you next week. Good. Bye. All right. Now, can we get out of here? The Wi-Fi sucks, and I'm trying to click through this slideshow of celebrities who let themselves go. Word is that number four is insane.